everybody. Yes, buongiorno tutti. Oh, see, you need to learn Italian if you live in Italy. Buongiorno tutti. We're welcoming our online campus here in just a few moments, I'm sure. And we want you to say buongiorno tutti. Type it in the chat. We are glad we're all here. And that means it's a good day. Buongiorno, right? It's a good day to be together with God's family in the house of the Lord. I am so happy to be here. Um, last week, we had the privilege of going to Vienna for the Fellowship of European International Churches Leaders Conference for a few days. I came back fired up and refreshed in the Holy Spirit. And I know that the Lord has a word for you and me both today. Amen? Amen. Uh, now, I don't know if Benjamin is here in this service. Is he? I think he will come in the second service. So uh, we will do it in the second service. Mahish, don't let me forget either. Um, you know, in our church, the internationals come and go, and we pray for contracts and opportunities. And so we're going to be praying over a couple of men specifically that have been with us quite a while. And they're going to be going, one for a short, very short, <laughs> and one for, we don't know how long, but a new contract. So we're going to pray over them in second service. Um, can you say ready to be? Are you? Are you ready? What does that mean to you? I'm ready to be what, Pastor Jen? <laughs> I'm ready to exist. I'm ready to be in the presence of God. I love being in the presence of God. Today I want to talk to you about being ready to be built to withstand. That's a little cartoon drawing. That's a house with a storm blowing over it. And maybe you can see that there's some shingles and maybe some windows and some things that are flying because the wind and the storm is really beating against the trees in the house. How many of you ever felt like there was a storm blowing against this house that you live in? And you, you yeah, only a few of you? Yeah, there's a storm blowing, right? And we live in a time where we cannot deny that there is a storm around us. But this month, the Lord has given us a, a clear message that we are to be ready to be a few things. So our verse for the month, I hope that you know, every verse of the month is an encouragement for you to memorize, get familiar with that verse. I hope you can all say the verse of the year. I'm ready, God, so ready, ready from head to toe, ready to raise a God song. Psalm 108.1. You need to know the word of God. So when something comes at you, good, bad, ugly, indifferent, wonderful, you can say, I'm ready, God. I'm so ready. I'm ready with my thoughts. I'm ready from, with my toes, wherever my feet are going to go. So this is our verse for the month for ready to be. Proverbs 24, 27 says, put your outdoor work in order and get your fields ready. After that, build your house. Why are we ready to be? Because I want you to be ready to go to the next level of devotion in your walk with the Lord. I want you to be ready to go to the next level of love for Jesus in your life. 
you know, I have learned over these many years that every day longer, every month longer, every year longer with Jesus is the opportunity for you and I to experience Abba Father loves me and has built me to withstand whatever life puts in my path. I do not stand here under my own physical strength. I do not stand here under my own decision, although God uses my decision to partner with him. I stand here because the Holy Spirit has made me built to withstand, and I will shout it from the rooftops, that alabaster love that the worship team sang about, broken and spilled out all my life, all my love, everything I have, I give to you, Jesus. You know, it's just a simple adjustment can make a world of difference in your life. Say simple. A simple adjustment can make a world of difference in your life. Now, I was going to try to have the slide, and I didn't get the actual statistics from our speaker in Vienna, and when I looked it up online, there was lots of different analogies. But basically, just bear with me. Pastor Wayne, what was the, the speed for takeoff that they used? Was it 135? or one? Okay, and so... Whatever kind of plane it was, Naresh, I'm going to talk to you later. I think we're going to work on this for the rocket space engineer concept. But they used an analogy of a certain kind of plane. I'm sure Naresh could tell us exactly what the motor would be at this to make this true. But at 130, at 130 miles an hour, that plane will never lift off the ground. Five miles per hour more. A slight adjustment. Five miles per hour more, and that gets that aircraft lifting in the air, going to the next level. I'm not asking you to radically change everything about your life. I'm asking you to be willing to say to the Lord, I will make a slight adjustment in my devotion to you. If that five degrees takes me to the next level of God's anointing, of God's favor, of God's call and purpose upon my life. It may be just doing meetings differently. It may just be taking five, ten minutes a day in your busy, busy work day and saying, I'm going to take a coffee break, but not really taking the coffee break. Going to a private place, a room, and spending those five minutes saying, Lord, give me wisdom today. Help me to see my colleagues and help me to speak life into them. Think about it. A slight adjustment of five miles per hour is the difference of lift off or staying on the ground. I want to lift off. I want you to lift off. So to recap for those who are new, and by the way, if you're new, not even just six months, I would say a year. In fact, I would say if I have never seen your face behind the mask, then you're new, okay? And the meet and greet is for you. And we've got um, all the protocols are in place, but we've got some surprises for you. We've got some treats for you. And uh, so if you've been here for a year or you've come and become a part of us, I want you to join me in the cafe for a meet and greet. I want to know your name. I want to know your story. I might get just maybe like one chapter right now, but I want to know you, okay? And I would be honored for you to meet me over there. Last, the first week we did ready to be the light. So I want you to just remember, I'm ready to be the light. Who is the light of the world? Jesus. Say it again. Who's the light of the world? So if I have, greater is he that's in me 
And he that's in the world, and I'm ready to be the light. I am ready to be filled with his light. When I am filled with his light, I am filled with the Holy Spirit. Thank you for that. (laughs) When I am filled, I am filled with the Holy Spirit. I want you to know that at the end of this service, I am going to intentionally make room for you to be filled with the light of the Holy Spirit. I want you to make that slight adjustment where you say, maybe I used to raise my hands like this and today I'm going to raise them like this. Maybe I never raised my hands. David talked about singing psalms and hymns and worshiping the Lord because in his presence, there is fullness of joy, the Bible says. Ready to carry his light to your circles. If you're ready to be, you're going to take his light to the places where you are. You're not going to walk into those circles of influence and work, and suddenly your candle goes out, everything is dark, and you lose who you were on Sunday. That isn't what God wants. He wants you to be be the light in your circles. Then in week two, we talked about being ready to be changed. And we talked about the house. You know, if we're going to build our house, the Bible says this is the temple of the Most High, right? He wants you to build this house. And that means every, I think they sang it in the song too, every key is unlocked. Every chamber of my heart is open to God. There's no secrets with God. He already knows anyway. But if you'll unlock it, if you'll let him do some work, if you'll let him do some adjustments, it's going to be amazing. In his presence and power, we awaken our souls. And these were our three points from last week. The nature of God. He's loving. He's Abba Father. He is good. Don't you dare let the world tell you God is bad and evil and judgmental and harsh. That is not the God I know. That is not the God that is real and alive. He is loving and he is good and he is sovereign. Do you know what that means? In control. Amen? I'm glad he's in control. The nurture of God. What does nurture look like? It's when a parent tells their child, don't run in that street. And if you ran in that street in front of those cars, I'm going to grab your hand and I'm going to say, no, no, no. Do not go in that street where those cars are. I'm not going to say, oh, have fun, Titan. You're two years old. I can't get you anyway. I've enjoyed the two years with you. I'll see you in heaven. I'm not going to do that. And I'm telling you what, if I'm babysitting, I don't know if Erica's watching, if I'm babysitting and Titan goes in the street, I'm going to be Gigi, and I'm going to run out there and say, Titan, no, no, and he's very heavy. He's two and a size six. But I'm going to grab him and save him. But if he runs away again, I'm going to get firmer with him. I'm going to say, Titan, no, you cannot walk into that danger zone. And if he doesn't listen, I'm probably going to, or his mom or or dad is going to have to say, Titan, you're not going to play outside anymore. You are going over here. You're being removed from this situation. And sometimes I suppose we act like two-year-olds with God because we don't want his nurture. We want his nature, but we're not willing to listen to him when he is trying to protect us. The nurture is to protect us. It's to grow us. You know, that plane that gets all the capacity to lift off in those extra five five miles per hour, went through a lot of people touching that plane and working on it to make sure it was ready to do that. So God wants to nurture us. And the nearness of God, ready to be in the nearness of God. I love our worship time. 
I love what God is going to do at the end of this service. Because when I'm near to God, he heals my heart. I love seeing your heads nod. I'm sure you're nodding on camera. I mean, on, online. And if you are, I want you to type in the chat, he heals my heart. Last week, last week, I met somebody in Vienna that watches us on Wednesday night online every week. She knew prayer requests. She said, how's uh, Louis and Shanta's uh, little granddaughter in South Africa? We have real people who are a part of our RCF Rome online campus, and we love you. Well, I want you to engage in the chat for others. So today, I'm going to take us to that next level, that we are ready to be built to withstand. I want you to think about the storms. Some of you, how many of you have never heard me speak before? Let me see your hand. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being here. Okay, so the rest of you have heard me a little bit. That's good. Um, how many of you have found us online? <laughs> good. Awesome. A few more. So you know a little bit of our story. My husband of 43 years, it's my story right now. I can't not talk about it sometimes, okay? But... On June 27th, after 12 days of unexpected illness, the Lord took him to heaven like that. And in the hospital, in those first few days, Pastor Rick was giving us words of exhortation and encouragement to our family, and also he prayed over this church. And one of the things he said to us, as, as one of my daughters said, did you tell Jesus to heal you, Dad? He said, you don't tell Jesus. He said, you ask. And then he said right after that, pray Jesus' prayers. The battle is the Lord's. And so today, I want us to look at what are those Jesus' prayers. Why was that so important for him to say to me in those last moments, you don't tell God what to do. You ask him, but then you pray what Jesus prayed. And if you do that, you will have peace and you will have comfort, and you will have assurance that God has taken care of it. So the first prayer I want to look at is the prayers in the Garden of Gethsemane. I don't know if you know, but Gethsemane means a place of preparation, a place to refocus. Where is your Garden of Gethsemane? Where is that place where you refocus, where you are preparing, ready to be, built to withstand. Jesus, the Son of God, who knew he would resurrect on the third day, went away to a garden to refocus and prepare for what lies ahead. The other thing that Gethsemane means is the meaning of Gethsemane is oil press, that garden of Gethsemane, which is highly significant when we think about the symbolism of the atonement of Jesus Christ. In the garden of Gethsemane, Jesus was pressed with the extreme pressure of his suffering for all of us that his olive oil, the oil of his blood, oozed from his pores. That's what the pressure did. When pressed with extreme pressure, do you know that olives ooze out blood red droplets at first before they become the olive oil? There is a crushing and a pressing that happens to make that beautiful, wonderful Italian olive oil. In that garden of Gethsemane, there is a pressure. 
There is a suffering, but there is a refocus and a preparation. And Jesus prayed in that place. He prayed this from John chapter 17, verse 1. John chapter 17, verse 1. Jesus said this. He looked toward heaven and prayed. Jesus prayed. That's why I'm talking to us about praying. My Jesus prayed. Do you pray? Do you pray? Do you talk to God? And he said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that your son may glorify you. The hour has come. That's a Jesus prayer. The hour has come. Glorify your son that he may glorify you. The second thing he prayed was Jesus prayed for his disciples. Those were the people close to him. Those were the people that walked with him and talked with him and ate with him and that he washed their feet and he broke bread together and he said, I pray for them. Right now, I'm not praying for the world, but for those who have, you have given me, for they are yours. This is your circle. This is your group. This is your squad. This is your family. This is your church. Jesus said, I'm not praying for all that out there yet. Don't worry, he did. But right here, I want this is a Jesus prayer. I'm praying for those you have given me, for they are yours. You see, God has put things in our hands here at ICF Rome. Are you praying for those God has given you? I love seeing how the worship team is nurturing one another, how the media and production team is worshiping one another. I'm not worshiping, mentoring one another, growing one another, developing one another. Talking with one another about how do we serve Jesus better? What worked? What didn't? What's going on in your life? How can I pray for you? That's what's going to happen in the Bella Vida as they sow and create, remembering that God creates in our lives. That's what's going to happen in the classes on, on uh, various days of the week in Christian education. Jesus prayed for his disciples. And then in John chapter 17, verse 20 and 21, he said, but my prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those, what does it say? Who will believe in me through their message. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. Praying that they would be built to withstand the world's crushing around them. That they would know God. That they would be knowing that they are built to withstand he was praying for them so that they would give God glory. I want you to put that up. Praying that they would be built to withstand. I want you to think about that. Built to withstand. You are built to endure. God made you. He made every vessel in your body. He made the, the hormones in, the, in your body. He made your, your, uh, the veins, that the blood flows to the heart and the way it all works. And in fact, I was reading about how the body works in a mother and a baby and how the cells go back and forth during that nine months. And some of those cells remain in the mother's body that she had for the baby. And she constantly feels... Uh, you know, that that's happening. But what, what's really medically amazing is that there are times when a woman is pregnant that she does not get sick because her body has been built to withstand because she is taking care of another one that will come after her. Isn't that amazing? So even though you may feel a little something, you know, I felt a lot of somethings when I was pregnant all those times, but the Lord helped me. 
something that might have really sent me like to the hospital or made me really sick, somehow my body took care of it and I got over it. Because my body is built to withstand. My body is built to handle things. And you know what? It's not just your body. It's your mind, ready from head to toe. It's your heart. It's your soul. In the middle of the process of suffering, circumstances beyond our control, Jesus shows us what to pray on the cross. So I want you to look at what Jesus prayed on the cross. So we're in the garden, that place of refocus and preparation and the pressing, and we're like, oh, yes, I'm going to get this good oil out of this thing. It's going to be amazing. And then he's on the cross. And what does he pray? Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Do you know one of the best things I can tell you to do to withstand the crushing and the suffering in this world is to practice forgiveness? Those who do not practice forgiveness just get in a ball of stress and turmoil. When you practice forgiveness, you release. It does not mean you condone bad behavior, but that's God's job. But you can forgive and release. And Jesus modeled this for us by saying, forgive them for they know not what they do. I think it's important to see Jesus modeling that because we must practice it. Release that, that, that unforgiveness or bitterness will be an anchor that sinks your ship. Hear me. Release it. Somebody in this room, somebody online, you're, you're strong in the Lord. You love Jesus. There's no doubt about it. You love Jesus. And maybe right now the Lord is speaking to you. Release it. Let it go. There's pain and suffering in the past. There's brokenness and betrayal and problems, but God is greater than that. Amen? Amen? Something else he prayed, which I think is very amazing. My God, my God. Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. Why have you forsaken me? Isn't that precious that Jesus also let us know he felt forsaken? Have you ever felt forsaken? Have you ever felt like God didn't hear you? Have you ever said to the Lord, I really don't get why this is happening this way or why this is taking so long? Jesus prayed that prayer too because he understands the sufferings of humanity. So it's not wrong to say to God, why? What are you doing in my life? But at the very same time, I better be able to sing the words of those songs. I want to be an alabaster box of precious oil, crushed and produced in suffering. And I'm going to pour it all out. You know, some of those olive oils, do you know in Italy, some of those olive oils are in special bottles with this thing on it that if you go out, it, it you know, rings. You can't even go out of the store with it. It's so precious and valuable. It's secured. I mean, you are more secure than a bottle of Italian olive oil. But I want you to understand the meaning. You're valuable to God. And yet God, through his son Jesus, said, it's okay to ask me why. It's okay to understand. Jesus prayed that prayer. Then he prayed, Father, I love this one. Into thy hands I commit my spirit. Not just I'm ready to go home to heaven. I commit who I am to you. The spirit, the essence of who you are. Into your hands I commit that. God, put me back on the, on the potter's wheel. 
Put me back on there, God. I commit myself into your hands to mold me, shape me, rub off the edges, make me stronger, make me be able to be handled in the fire and the crushing and the garden of Gethsemane. And I want you to know that when Jesus said that, he was saying to all of us that in this process we are held. You are held by the master of the universe. This is a message that has been burning in my heart since June 27th. Because I said, God, what did Jesus pray? And how does that affect me? I'm still here. I'm still here. I'm not done. And I'm going to build my life upon the foundations of Jesus Christ. You see, I've been thinking a lot about the future and the vision of ICF Rome. But I'm telling you what, the church is the people. The vision is the people. We're going to build the house of God here in each of our hearts and souls and minds. And I want you to make a slight adjustment. In attitude, in willingness, in courage, in trust, in forgiveness, you might say, I don't know what it's going to feel like. I want you to say, Father, into, my, into your hands I commit my spirit. Worship team, I want you to come. Jesus prays also a prayer of thanks in his lifetime. We see that in Matthew eleven twenty five to 26. And he says, I thank you, Lord, of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. Jesus modeled gratitude. You know, I lost my mother to a drunk driver car accident when, she, when I was 15 and she was 39. And I wish it wasn't so, and I wish I had her, and I have my aunt, and then I had my grandma, but I'm, I miss her. I still miss her all these many decades later. But I will tell you, an attitude of gratitude changed everything for my life. I could have gotten bitter at God. I could have un been unforgiving of some stranger that did a stupid thing. But I began to say the Holy Spirit revealed himself to me in that broken suffering in that Garden of Gethsemane. And I have said since I was 15 and a half, because I remember the month when I did this in the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. That because of this situation in my life, because of this crushing, I now am filled with the Holy Spirit. I now know the Holy Spirit as a comforter. I now know the Holy Spirit as a spirit of truth. And I will tell you, on June 27th, I said, thank you, Lord, for the time I've had with this man. Thank you, Lord, for the investments that he's made. Thank you. I'm not talking to you from a place on a library shelf somewhere. I know that you're going to face things that are difficult. And you are built to withstand. We're going to sing, build your church. Because there's one last thing I want you to know. A couple, two things really fast. Jesus prays after entering Jerusalem in John chapter 12. And he says, now my soul is troubled. What shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. It was a question mark. It wasn't a statement. It was a question. Would you save me from this hour? And then he comes right back to, to his father and he says, no. It was for this very reason I came to this hour to glorify you. It is an amazing thing when I say to the Lord, don't take me out of your will. Don't take me away from the Garden of Gethsemane. I will be bowed before you because I want you to build my life. I want you to build this temple. And then finally, there is an anthem to pray. You know what that anthem is? 
the Lord's Prayer. Jesus said, I'm going to tell all of you how to pray. I know you know it. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, his kingdom. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You're still here. You're not done. You're on earth. And God has built you to a stand. I want you to stand all over this place with me right now. We're going to sing this song. And we're going to spend some moments for just a few moments. I want you to say to the Lord, I want you to build my life. Built to withstand. I want you to build the church in me. This holy temple that I dwell in. Hallelujah, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. You will never fail when you walk with Jesus. You may fall down. You may make some mistakes. But you will not fail because you will get back up. You will make that adjustment, that five mile per hour adjustment. And you will lift off again. And you will go to a new level. You will go to a new depth in your walk with the Lord. I want you to know the Lord has spoken to me that there are people in this house this morning that need healing. You've been sick in your body. You've been dealing with something for way too long. And right now, God is saying to you, the power of Jesus will not fail you. Do you believe in the cross? Do you believe in Jesus? Do you believe in the Bible? If you need healing, I want you to lift your hand. I want you to reach it up to heaven right now. Right now, hold it up. Say, Father, I receive my healing in Jesus' name. Sickness is gone. Disease is gone. Inflammation is gone. Uncertainties about what's going on in the physical body is gone. Indigestion and stomach problems are gone in the name of Jesus. God, you are healing. You are healing people's bodies. You are healing their problems. Right now in the name of Jesus, you've been battling this. It's something specific not something that just came up today it's something that's been making you weary and the Lord is saying it's finished I've been to the cross for you it's finished I've resurrected out of the grave it's finished I want you to receive that healing from Jesus right now I want you to exercise your faith I want you to exercise your heart and your mind and say God I believe you I believe you if you're gonna build me I'm the temple of the Holy Spirit I will be healthy I will be strong I will be victorious in mind body and spirit says the Lord hallelujah Jesus hallelujah Jesus give God a glory shout hallelujah Jesus hallelujah Jesus hallelujah Jesus hallelujah Jesus there's one more thing I have to ask you because it's not enough to know Jesus it's not enough to read the Bible you have to let Jesus live in you I'm gonna ask you right now you know pastor Larry Henderson is the head of the Fellowship of European International Churches and he said something I saw it was so awesome it's a personal decision when you say to Jesus you know what I've been lukewarm the Bible says if we're lukewarm God's gonna spit us out he wants us to be on fire he wants us to lift off Pastor Larry said, yes, it's a personal decision when you just say to God, honestly, I need, I need more fire. I need more lift. But it's also a public declaration. You can't serve Jesus only in private. You're going to serve him in public. And that's what's so beautiful about coming together. The meet and greets and the connect classes and the coming together in the house of God with God's people is because you don't do it alone. I don't have to do this alone. Listen, if it was just me online, I'd be in America with my grandkids seeing all of you online only. We do it together because together there's presence. There's power in the presence. You 
brought the Holy Spirit in today. In practice, I saw the Holy Spirit on you. Nana, when you were singing, I felt it. Angel, when you were worshiping, I felt it. You brought it. Alex, I felt the presence of the Holy Spirit. There's presence here in this house. Do you believe it? Amen. So I'm going to ask you something that is a personal decision. But if you're strong enough to say I'm weak enough to need some more prayer, I want you to lift your hand. Hallelujah. Isn't God's word amazing? I'm quite sure that there's something that you heard today that pierced your heart or your mind and you said, I need to make a decision. So I invite you even now to pray with me that the Lord would come into every aspect of your heart, every chamber, every hidden corner. Will you pray it with me today? Dear Lord Jesus, you say it. Dear Lord Jesus, I ask you right now, to come into my life. Take every corner of my heart. I give it all to you. Forgive me of all the things that separate me from you. Help me to walk towards the path of righteousness with God. And from this day forward, for the rest of my life, I will live for Jesus. With God's help, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you said that prayer, I want you to send me an email. We have prayer teams. We have people that participate in welcoming newcomers to the family of God. So will you send me an email and let me know, Pastor Jen, I prayed that prayer today. I also want you to know that if you have a need, whatever it might be, we're praying that the miracles of God would overflow in your life. And in the process of the miracle, whatever that looks like, every day you will say, Lord, I trust you. I'm ready to be in the process of my miracle. And I know that you're with me, Lord. I also want to say thank you for being a part of ICF Rome Online. Thank you for your generous donations and giving. You're giving to the Lord's work. You're giving to the ministries that are like today, touching you when you can't be with us physically. But more importantly, I want you to know that every day our prayers are with you. We are thankful that we are part of this really great international family of God at ICF Rome. And I pray that you have an amazing, blessed week.